This is the story of the one. As a maintenance engineer, he hears things differently. To the untrained ear, everything on his shop floor might sound fine, but he can hear gears grinding or a belt slipping. So he steps in to fix the problem at hand before it gets out of hand. And he knows Granger's got the right product he needs to get the job done, which is music to his ears. Call, clickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger for the ones who get it done. But I would like to be more consistent with the spending because it's been pretty, pretty all over the place because I've traveled a lot this year. Hello, and welcome to Financial's podcast, Future Rich. I'm your host, Barbara Ginty, and I'm also a CFP. And I am here with my guest today, Stacy. Hi, Stacy. Hi, Barbara. Thank you for having me today. Thank you for joining me. I love Fridays. Fridays are the best. They are. And we very rarely record on Fridays, I will say. so. Okay, so I feel very special then. Yeah, I record a lot on the weekends or like after work. I'm glad this worked out. So um, I have a spreadsheet in front of me, which we all know I love spreadsheets. But mm-hmm. tell me a little bit about yourself. So how old you are, where you live, what you do for work, and then we'll talk about your income and expenses. Okay. Um, so as you said, my name is Stacy. I am 29 years old and I live in San Juan, Puerto Rico. Um, and I currently work in marketing at a um, real estate company. So that's what I've been doing for the past um, two years, approximately. Oh, amazing. I don't think we've had anybody from Puerto Rico. Nope, I don't think so, because I've been listening for a while, and I haven't um, stumbled upon an episode um, of somebody from Puerto Rico. Oh, very cool. I made a mistake. I had, I think there was an episode that aired today, and I was like, I think you're our first person from Nebraska. And she's like, no, I'm a very avid listener. We, you've had somebody. And I was like, oh. <laughs> so now I'm hesitant to say that. Uh, okay, so 29 years old, Puerto Rico. Oh, that's so fun. I love Puerto Rico. Have you been here Jealous. before? Yeah, I've been a few Puerto times. Rico? I want to say three times I've been. Okay, nice. So I yeah, you've, you've been here a couple of times. You like it. That's really cool. Yeah, I was going to say one of my trips got canceled. Um, you had a hurt. It was a, hur- a bad hurricane. And so yeah. we were slated to go. And I was going to go, where is the area where it, um, I don't know if it's an algae that lights up the water. So it like looks like it glows. Yeah, the um, bioluminescent bay. Yes. I think there's two of those at least. So it could have been either one. So that was a bummer. That's like still on my list to do because it got canceled, obviously, because it wasn't appropriate time to travel. We just had, you know, poor luck. So we had booked that and that was, and then that never got rescheduled because I think it was like not too far off from COVID and then COVID happened and, you know traveling got kind of tamped down there so yeah it's definitely back it's gonna be on my list it's an easy it's a pretty easy flight from new york yeah exactly it's a direct flight um and then there's just super fun outdoorsy things to do um i don't know if you're into that kind of thing but um besides the bioluminescent bay we have some good hiking at the um el yunque which is the rainforest um okay. and we definitely have a cool lagoon where you can do um water sports like paddle boarding and kayaking so like there's a lot of things to do like you won't get bored here and the food is always really good which i'm sure you've tried before the food is so good <laughs> 
It is. It, it's my favorite food. Like I've been to many places and Puerto Rican food um, cannot be beat um, for me at least. Yeah, no, it's a it's a great place. So if you haven't visited, this is a little plug for Puerto Rico. It's a great vacation. Well, very fun. Okay, cool. So 29 years old, Puerto Rico, you're working in real estate. Yeah, so I work in marketing for real estate. So it's like in real estate, but I like to think that I'm like separate from real estate because I'm not a broker. So So marketing for real estate. Amazing. Did you guys see a big boom with COVID? Like people moving? Did you see that? Or there's been a lot of people coming here because there is a law that allows people that want to invest in Puerto Rico to have Mm -hmm. like some sort of like tax credit. So there's been a lot of people from mainline USA to, um, coming over here, and that has surged the property prices pretty upward. So Oh, wow. Okay. So that sounds like it wasn't a, an, a tax benefit, but there was a Portugal did a very similar thing during COVID that like you could become a resident or a citizen, I think even with Portugal, if you bought property there. So that surged their real estate as well. There's a, a lot of interesting things that happened like that during COVID. Yeah, so definitely um, kind of similar here, um, but you can live here, I think, at least six months out of the year, and that will count you as like a resident, and mm-hmm. then you get to have um, investments here, and if you have a company, then you're supposed to have um, a specific number of employees that are people from Puerto Rico to like boost the economy. Oh, very nice. Well, that's all super interesting. Okay, so how much do you make doing marketing for a real estate company? So I make approximately, it's um, 26K a year. Last year, I did a little bit more because they gave us a year-end bonus for everybody, which was like $2,000. So it was 28K last year. Perfect. Okay, and then you said you get paid twice a month, so the 15th and the 30th? That is correct. Perfect. And what does that, your net amount here on your spreadsheet is 916.73 every pay period? Yeah, approximately. It varies a little bit. A bit. Okay. Okay. So then, so gosh, where should we start? Should we start <laughs> with, <laughs> I'm looking at your spreadsheet, I'm not sure where to start. So, okay. So we have your incomes. You're making, last year you made 28,000. We expect to make about that this year. Well, let's walk through, let's walk through your expenses. You did your expenses down on the bottom, right? As like, are these your annualized expenses, right? So like your apartment rental is 8,900. Okay. So let me just explain it a little bit. So my living situation is a bit different. Um, I live with my mom, so I don't pay rent. Um, She is gracious enough that she lets me stay with her. So I don't pay rent, but I do have a couple of fixed expenses that I take care of every month. So I do my car payment, which is supposed to be 404 a month approximately. And then I do gym membership, which is um, 205. And then I pay my mom for the EC pass, car insurance, cancer insurance, Mm -hmm. and my cell phone bill. Okay. I have a question on this cancer insurance. I like Yes. So my mom is one of, yeah, so she's one of these people that likes to be like super prepared for things that could happen in life. So she's Mm -hmm. had this cancer policy for a while 
and she had it for the whole family. So my dad had it, she has it, and then I have it. So that's why I have cancer insurance. And so for a lot of people who are not familiar with it, I've seen it used before. Um, if God forbid you got cancer, correct me if I'm wrong, it'll help pay for the medical expenses associated with that, including hotel stays to be near the cancer hospital. Yeah, that is exactly correct. And I know that it definitely covers that and a couple other things. Amazing. Just because cancer is very prevalent in our societies today. so Definitely. I think everybody knows someone that has um, cancer or has had. Yeah, absolutely. Or has had or knows multiple people who has had or has cancer. Um, yeah, so I went through your budget and I was like, cancer insurance, there's a couple things I had. There was that. And then I also really liked another one of your variable expenses. Okay. So cancer policy. Okay. So that's great. Your mom's very astute. I love that she did that. Does mm-hmm. cancer run in your family? I think that there's only one person that I've known of that had cancer. But as I said, she just likes to be really, really prepared. So she has like all sorts of insurance for everything imaginable. That's so funny. So I actually, so I've gotten quotes for cancer insurance. It's like one of these things on my to-do list. And I will say sometimes my own personal stuff falls by the wayside because I work on everybody else. Yeah. But in my immediate family, well, immediate I come from a large family. So my, not my mom, dad, sister, but like in my aunt's uncle, I think that we have five people with currently with cancer. Oh, wow. Sense. Yeah, I think we hold on. Maybe I'm, maybe it's four. Oh, okay. So three that are actively fighting cancer, one that is recovered from it. Yeah. So with family history, you should probably look at it. So that was a good reminder. I saw that and I was like, oh, let me re- update my to-do list and make sure I get back to those people I got the quote from. So yeah, I was going to say that. I was going to say definitely add it to your list. Mm -hmm. And I will say this is the first, I'm positive on this one. This is the first time we've ever talked about it on the podcast. Okay. That's good. Then it's going to be on a lot of people's minds. Yeah. Cause I think that like, it's great that it doesn't run in your family, but they say with cancer, cause I'm in a program for high risk where you have like a lot of family members that have it. There's like high risk programs you can go in. And so mm-hmm. um, if it does run in your family, this is a great thing to consider. And even if it doesn't run in your family, st- still could be a great thing to consider. So really like that. So kudos to your mom. Okay. <laughs> so we have all, all of those expenses. So not too bad. So 20, uh, 60, 15, or round up cell phone, 60, um, then gym and then car payment are your fixed monthly expenses. Yeah, and then um, the variable ones, I can go over them briefly. Perfect. So I do um, tennis lessons every month. I love that. I've been doing that for like a year, and it's made a big difference in my quality of life and just like how I'm making time for fun things. Okay, so that was the thing I loved in your expenses. I don't think I've seen lessons either. So I was like, oh my really? God, this is so fun. Yeah, I was like, this is so fun. I need to have, I do ski lessons. So I feel like if I were doing a budget, mine would be very similar to yours. I like like the insurance. That's something I will pro- probably have in short the short term on my budget. And I pay for lessons every year too. And I don't see that a okay. lot for people, but to me, it improves my quality of life. So I'm a big fan. Exactly. Yeah, so I love that for you too, that you're doing um ski lessons because I think it's pretty similar. And then I think you, you've you mentioned on the podcast that you live part of the year in Utah, or are you full-time in yes. Utah? Yes, part of the year in Utah. Okay, that's, I think that's really cool. Yes, okay, so this is so fun. So how long have you been playing tennis for? 
Um, for about a year, I think I started last summer around May because I had been saying since forever that I was going to start playing tennis and I hadn't done it. So I finally like worked up the courage and went to a lesson and it's been pretty great. And the best part is that I only pay for the classes that I can go to. So I can just reserve my spot the same week and then um, just pay them, um, Venmo them afterwards. Oh, that's perfect. So if you have a week that's like super busy with family stuff or work, then you're not paying for a lesson you didn't go to. Exactly. Oh, that's amazing. Okay, perfect. Okay, mm-hmm. so variable sizes. So we have tennis, which I love. Um, and then, okay, walk me through these other ones. Okay, so I included self-care and I put like manicure and pedicure. It's something that I used to do pretty frequently, but I haven't been doing it a lot. So that's why in some months it's like zero and then other months it picks back up. And then savings, I set up uh, an automatic transfer every month for 284, which covers an amount to my emergency fund and then my travel fund. And then I think I'm putting like $100 in my savings account to invest eventually, which I'm sure you'll help me with after we go through um, the budget. Yes. And then miscellaneous is just random things like ATM withdrawals or like if mm-hmm. I buy water or something out of the gym, so just random things. Um, and then I have um, four credit cards. So I have two Chase credit cards and then two of a local bank from here. So that's okay. um, credit card payments and that varies. If I travel in that month, it can go to the thousands. But if I don't, then it might stay a little bit lower between, I don't know, like 500-ish a month. And then the other two credit cards from the local bank, I just use to pay my like recurring things like Hulu subscription and stuff like that. So that's just there for like using it and for it not being like... Um, canceled or anything because I haven't used it because it was my first um, credit card. Got it. Okay. So it has a long history on it. Yeah, exactly. So I don't want to close that. (laughs) And then Venmo is just there because I have friends that live in the States. So I might transfer something Mm -hmm. for a trip or something like that. But I don't use it um, in Puerto Rico because we have um, a version of Venmo that's called um, ATH Mobile, which is basically the same thing just for Puerto Rico. For Puerto Rico, okay. Yeah, yeah I know. I, I found out recently that Venmo depends on where you are if Venmo works. Otherwise, you have to use a local version or sometimes like a bigger bank's version. Exactly. Or people use sell and stuff like that, but I haven't seen it um, yes. used a lot in Puerto Rico. So I don't know if people know about it. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Zell works internationally. Yep. You're right. Okay. Uh, yeah. So that's, that's also good to know. It's yep. another option. Another option. Perfect. And then. So what yeah. would you say? So we also have like car wash, which is important, entertainment, travel, gifts, doctor, what what would you say? Because it definitely with variable expenses, they vary and they have for you over the past few months. Mm-hmm. What would you say you think your average variable month looks like that you allocate towards this? The tennis seems pretty consistent out of everything, right? And then the savings is pretty consistent. So, so 
the other ones are like a little bit more inconsistent. Definitely. Um, so I would say maybe around the 2000, 3000 mark. I just always between all of your with sorry, with all of your expenses. Yeah, with all of your expenses. Mm -hmm. I would say that. Okay. And then I usually make sure that every month I have money left over in my checking account. So that if I go a little bit over budget, there's still some money in my checking to play with. Um, but I would like to be more consistent with the spending because it's been pretty, pretty all over the place because I've traveled a lot this year. Well, that's fun though. Okay, because after your fixed expenses, so when we take out Easy Pass, car insurance, gym, car payment, cancer insurance, and phone, uh, cell phone, we have $764 of fixed expenses. So if you're bringing in $1,893.46, after that is left over for all the variable expenses of $1,129.46. I would like to actually take your savings out of that, which is $284. Uh -huh. So that really leaves $845.46 for all of the for self-care, um, miscellaneous, Venmo, car wash, entertainment, travel, give or take. But you do have a you you do have a lot in savings. So talk to me about that. Okay. Um, and in investments. So I think that's where you're pulling because I'm sure someone's listening, being like, "How do you spend three thousand a month if you're bringing in one thousand eight ninety three? Like on the months you go over." Yeah. So you do have a good buffer here. So I feel like that's where I get confused with um, where to pull my money from. Because um, earlier this year in April, I received an inheritance of approximately $100,000 um, for when my dad passed away. Oh, gosh. I'm so sorry. Yeah, thank you. I appreciate it. Um, so he had um, Parkinson's and he passed away on okay. December of 2021. Okay. And so then you received, so I received an inheritance from him. Exactly. This year. This year in April. Okay. And it was um, the 100000 like I mentioned. And I've had that in an Ally High Yield Savings um, ever since Perfect. I got it. And it's been um, gaining some good interest. Yeah, absolutely. That's a terrible way to come to money. So I'm sorry that you lost your father. But let's talk about... Okay, so I think here's what we do. Because with your budget, um, you keep a nice buffer in your like what you, what you have in your, it looks like what's in your checking account. So you have your income, your, your initial balance, then you have your monthly income in that account. Right. And then you have your expenses and then you see what you have left over at the end of the month. Exactly. What I would maybe challenge you to do is look at it from, this is your, your income is the 1,893. Mm -hmm. Your fixed expenses are the 764 and then your savings is 284. And then what's left over is 845. So I would try and stay within 845. Okay. But unless something changes, but I would say let's try and keep your variable expenses here. And then let's, for the time being, let's table that and let's talk about what you have saved up. And then maybe I might adjust that. But I think if you say to yourself, okay, I have roughly 800 bucks for variable stuff, you know, self-care, tennis, car wash, entertainment, travel, all of those sort of things, then you kind of you know, know where you fall. And I, I would put savings, I would almost put savings up at your fixed monthly cost because I think it's important that you're, you're putting aside some money. So why don't we go down and talk about your savings, the high yield from the LA account. And then you have a lot saved in investments. 
And then the apartment rental, is that for a future apartment rental? Is that money saved up for that? Yes, definitely. So um, in the apartment rental okay. bucket, I've been trying to get ahead of eventually when I want to move out, I have like first and last month's rent okay. and then some extra money for like a couple of essentials. So I'm trying to get that up yeah. to $10,000. Um, I currently have 8930 and I've just been putting the interest that the account earns, I've been putting it straight there. Oh, you're taking the money from... Okay, so let's talk so the listeners can hear. So you have currently... Your checking is your working account, so we won't count that. So your Ally Bank, uh, where you put the inheritance in, you have 130000 in there. Correct. Okay, perfect. And then you have tax payments you have a thousand so you have it and this is, is everything in here in ally everything in this column yeah so all of um the columns that you're seeing on the table are the ally um buckets on the account perfect okay so your investments when that says investments you have seventy one thousand seven hundred sixty five dollars and seventy one cents is that invested in high yield or in like market investments um that is just saved in the ally high yield savings and then my goal is to actually invest that in the market which i haven't gotten to that's okay um so this is what we'll chat about okay so tell me if this is accurate so when you log in to ally do you have two hundred and sixty thousand eight hundred and seventy one dollars in there no okay so Oh, 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 I see what we're doing. That your total is 130000 and your 130000 is broken down into tax payments, clothing, big trips, investments, car payoff, Invisalign, vacations, emergency fund, and apartment rental. Exactly. That right? That's correct. Sorry if it was confusing. Okay. <laughs> okay, no, that's okay. I, you do have that bolded, but I, it, yes. I got that now. Okay, perfect. This makes more sense. I was just like, what? A little confused. Okay, so I love the idea. So you're taking the interest and you're putting it in the apartment rental. So you'll get that up to the 10,000, 71,000 for investments is fantastic. Um, so I see the whole breakdown here. Okay, so I have a question for you. Okay. If you go and 130,000 is a fantastic amount of money at 29 and you you have no debt you just have the car payment but you already have the money to pay it off yeah. if you choose to and there's no and there's no other debt correct is there student loans or anything no there's no other debt thankfully okay fantastic okay so you're thinking about renting what does rent what does rent look like where you want to live in puerto rico um so in puerto rico it it's very similar to what it goes in the states so it's around the 1200 to like 1500 Okay, and then I'm just, I have an idea, so I just want to chat it out with you. Okay. What, I know you said real estate prices have moved moved up. What does it look like for you to buy? What's the purchase prices look like, and what is that process um, in Puerto Rico? So purchase prices for something in my budget are in the 100,000s or 200,000s. Um, and then the purchase process is not very complicated like i think it's similar to the state okay where you need to get like your pre-approval and all of those things um but it's not impossible so it's definitely something that could be done and that i considered at some point so i'm all ears for anything that you wanna um information that you want to give me or i'm tips. also like yeah i so i i so in the united states we use uh we use it's usually like the government mortgages are packaged by them, right? And standardized. So it's usually a 30 year fixed mortgage with 
up to 20% down, that's usual. And if you do 20% down, you don't pay primary mortgage insurance. I don't know if that's the same, so I'm just not sure. But 100, do you know what, what you put, what people put down in Puerto Rico? I feel like know? the 20% is always what people recommend. Right. Yeah, but I think that mm-hmm. some people put less. Because they just really want to buy property, so yes, they'll you could just definitely do less. less. But I would feel comfortable yeah. <laughs> putting in the twenty percent for sure. Okay, so just hear me out. And now here's and there's, there's we could do both things. One, you could rent where you think you want to buy for a year or two, and make sure maybe rather than moving out of your you know family home and then moving right into owning might be too big of a step, which is totally fine. Maybe rent for a year or two, see how it feels. The other option would be. And I think this is going to be a little bit of personal preference. You can afford to do either, right? With all with all the cash. So the other option would be, and I'm leaning towards just trying out the area first before you commit to buying, making sure you like, you know, you like the area where you're renting. That's where you would want to buy, giving yourself a little more bandwidth to like kind of rather than going from living with your mom to living on your own with a house you own, because it's a big step, right? Because a house is a lot of work whether you buy a condo, townhome, or apartment, it's still a lot of work because you're in charge of it all. So I do think maybe the first step is like rent, see how you like it, see how the area goes. Because there's nothing wrong, and I think you've heard this on the podcast, there's nothing wrong with renting. The only time renting becomes a huge issue is when your housing is prohibiting other financial goals. And I don't think that's going to be the issue for you because if you rent, we're then also not stocking down a down payment of 40000 so that those monies can be invested for you for the future. So you're in a nice position where you could do either. I would like to thank our podcast partner, AG1, the daily foundational nutrition supplement that supports whole body health. I drink it literally every day. I gave AG1 a try because I wanted a single solution to support my immune system as a busy entrepreneur. I drink AG1 first thing in the morning before I even have my coffee, and it makes me feel ready to take on my hectic day. With wedding planning, honeymoon planning, a wealth management company, the podcast, and a renovation project, I need all the support I can get. This has been the best investment into my daily routine and my health with just one scoop in the morning. If you're looking for a simpler, effective investment for your health, try AG1 and get five free AG1 travel packs and a free one-year supply of vitamin D with your first purchase. Go to drinkag1.com forward slash futurich. That's drinkag1.com forward slash future rich. Check it out. What is your take? Like, do you have an interest in purchasing property? What, how do you feel about it? Um, so I've thought about it and it's definitely something that I'd like to do. I just don't know if it's going to be as soon as like in a year. I would say maybe two to five years down the line, I would like to have. Um, my own apartment for exactly. sure. Okay. Yeah. Okay. So then let's stick with the rental scenario, which I think is a good first step. So, do, do, do. so this is, this changes your budget a lot, right? Okay. Because you have coming in with your work income, 1893, right? Mm-hmm. 1893. And then we have your Sixty-four, and then I'm adding the savings of two eighty-four to that, and then so I think what we need to do. Let me work through this in my head here, but I'm thinking what we need to do is we need to invest the money 
a little bit of a risky proposition here. Invest some of the money. Okay. And then we use the return on that investment to pay the rent equals 845. Because 845. Okay, so I think the rent should stay on the lower end of twelve hundred. Let's just see. If we invested seventy thousand, it made eight percent. It would pay fifty six hundred, and then the other sixty thousand stays at the bank and pays four percent. It'd be twenty four hundred. Fifty six hundred would be eight thousand. So still be a little short on rent. I wonder. It would pay six hundred a month. It would pay half your rent. Hmm. What are we going to do here? Let's see. Okay. Tell me about your prospects for work. What are the, what's the increasing income look like? So at work right now, I don't have a lot of like growth there. So I have been considering getting a new job sometime next year, probably because I've been also, I have like a lot of goals in my mind. Um, so I've been toying with the idea of doing, um, a sabbatical for sometime next year. So maybe like six months and then go back into looking for a job, maybe in project management or something that um, pays um, way better than what I have right now. Okay. I think that would be, so what if you took the apartment rental money Okay. and that was your sabbatical money? Okay. So that would bring down your total savings to 120,000, not get an apartment until after sabbatical. Okay. And when you go to look for a new job, we know what your fixed expenses are, right? We know what your saving goals are, which is, which is great. And then you, we know what rent needs to be. So then we just try and look for a job that maybe is closer to 30000 or 40000 because that would then cover everything you need, right? Because we basically, for 1200 and then we have 764 of fixed expenses, 284 of savings. And even if we got your variable expenses down to, let's say, 600, what you would want about 284 plus 600 is you'd probably want to be bringing home closer to 2,900 a month, like $1,000 more okay. to also cover rent, just about $1,000 more. Okay. Yeah. That sounds doable. Does that sound doable? Mm -hmm. So what I would do is I would say, I would get the apartment money up to two things. I would get the apartment money up to 10,000 and then I would take a sabbatical and you can like use that money. That's earmarked for a sabbatical. I think a sabbatical is a great idea. And then I would invest the money that you have marked for investments. I think that it will be better served, invest it. And then that's earmarked for long-term. And that still then leaves you with um, 70 minus 10 for the sabbatical, it leaves you with 50,000 in cash Okay. total. I think that's plenty in cash, um, with 70 invested and 15 cash and then 10,000 earmarked for a sabbatical. And then I think that I, I agree with you. I think that if you could get your income up to support your current fixed expenses, your savings goals of 284, which I really like, and your, we, we got your discretionary from 845, which is discretionary, yeah, down to like 600 a month, right? Um, and then rent, that would bring you to, you need to net about 2,900. If you net more, it's gravy, it's extra. Mm-hmm. Um, but I think that would be a comfortable spot to be in. And that's probably around a 40 something thousand dollar salary, depending on your taxes. Okay. Yeah. That sounds very doable and very exciting. Yeah. Oh, does it? Okay, good. And then, and then what you could do is 
if you get a new job and then you're covering, you're comfortable with like having rent of 1200 and your fixed and variable expenses and your savings, then from there, you still have the 71,000 that you invested, right? Mm -hmm. And then you still have the 50,000 in cash. Maybe some of that's gone down. That's fine. And then you decide, okay, in two or three years time, as that 70,000 has grown, right? Ideally, the market goes up. It could go down. So it could also go down. If it goes down, then you just postpone the, the goal of buying. But goal of buying was two to five. So if it goes down in three years, if it goes up, and let's say that number is closer to, you know, 90,000, and then you have 50,000 still in cash, and you say, you know what, now I'm ready to buy. Okay, well, you use some of the 50 or you use some of the 90 to buy. And then your mortgage stays around the same price of what you were paying in rent because that's a comfortable budget for you. Okay, yeah, that sounds amazing. It, let's say the whole process between now with the sabbatical and new job renting and buying is in five years, you'd be 34. Which is pretty good. Still, still young. <laughs> yeah, which would be great. You're still really young. Yeah, because basically if we're able to, let's just say we use the savings and we just project out that of the you know inheritance money, um, 70 of it gets used and you're 29 and it goes in the market. So at 70, then from it's at 29 to 70, then we invest it and we'll just use an average rate of return, compounding rate of return of 7.2%, which means your money will double every 10 years, which I'm sure you've heard me do on the show. Mm -hmm. So that's 140,000 at 39. And then we get to age 49, which I'm sure seems ancient at this point. That's 280, right? Then at 59, we can get potentially another double. And this is all, you know, all as we're earning 7.2 compounding of interest, so not guaranteed, but just for illustration purposes. Then at 59, you have 560,000. Then at 69, which is a very reasonable retirement age, you would have 1.1 million. Okay, that is pretty great. Yep. That's pretty great. So what I would say is my target for you would be get the 70,000 invested into sound investments, nothing crazy. You don't need anything complicated. You just need good long-term consistent results and it will go up and it will go down and just put it in there and leave it alone. And then it, when you do want to buy a property in five years, right? Mm -hmm. we'll say four years. So we'll just say the sabbatical is six months, and then after six months, you get back to your savings goal of 284. And 284 times three years, it's just 36 months. That's another $10,000 you save in three years. So then that gets your savings back up again, and then you can use some of that for the down payment. Okay. Yeah. It's amazing. Yeah, because by investing the 70 and saying, let's like let this grow... And I'll use the other monies as an emergency fund, sabbatical, and for some of those other goals. And letting that cook, I think that will get you a really good retirement number. And then once you get back working again and we get back to saving, you're still going to be saving almost 300 bucks a month. Whether you do that through a work retirement plan or on your own, we, we can have you back on to talk about that. But then that gives you some time to get comfortable with renting an apartment and that number. And then I think the 1200 number, if that's possible, would play really nicely with the purchase price of around a hundred, hundred and thirty thousand, somewhere in there, and then your numbers stay the same, and we're still saving, and then we're not touching that original seventy. That's just being set aside for future. Okay, and then would you recommend that um, I put in the seventy, like just one transaction to invest the seventy, or like diversify it um, from the beginning 
and like monthly put in an amount into investments? Yeah, so monthly would be dollar cost averaging. So you could break it up and do it in increments and just pick the timing of it. Like maybe every two weeks you put in a certain amount. So after, you know, four months, you have it all in. I would say of the 70, I would break it down into multiple investments. I think that if you picked probably five is usually the number I like. Um, that would be, yeah, if you did five different investments, that would be 14,000 in each investment. One, two, three, four, five. So yeah, if you pick five different investments so that you're diversified, you're not putting all of your money in one specific investment. The dollar cost averaging does help. It works really, really well in payroll plans because your dollar cost averaging over like 30 years. I wouldn't get too caught up with it. I think um, because if that money is going to be in there for let's just say, what did I say? 69 is what the number I gave you. 69. 69. So we have 40 years to go. Okay. Yeah. So it might not, everything changes, right? This is just an idea. But if you have 40 years to go, I wouldn't worry about dollar cost averaging so much. I wouldn't like beat yourself up over it. Like as long as you get it in there and you diverse, I think diversifying it is more important than dollar cost averaging it in this example, just because of the, t the length of time you have to go in the market. Okay. No, that sounds perfect. I just wanted to make sure um, what was the best way to to invest it because I was afraid yes. of putting like 70,000 in the market, like at one yeah. go. It is, it is painful. And then God forbid it goes down the next day. You're like, Oh, what did I do? It went from <laughs> 70 to 63. Um, it would really go to like 68 probably. But um, yeah, so I wouldn't, don't beat yourself up over it, but I would, you could do it incrementally, but I wouldn't stretch it over like a year. Okay. Yeah, I, would, so I would do it initially. Like four months is, is good. I, a few months. Yeah. yeah. Um, I think the key, though, is making sure the 70 isn't all in one investment. I would split it up between – I like five because then it's an – it's I don't know. I think that is a nice It's a, it's nice a good mix. number. Yeah, and then you don't I, get too overwhelmed. Like if one of – like if it, let's just say we have funds one through five. So if fund one goes down, then the other ones are probably still up, right? And so it doesn't feel as bad. Okay, yeah. It's not as scary. Mm-hmm. Okay. That sounds good. Does that feel comfortable though? So like we're earmarking of the 130, we're earmarking basically 70 for long-term investments. It can always be revisited, but we're saying that we're committing to that being in the market long-term. Always, You can always adjust it, but the, the key is obviously if the market goes down, we definitely want to leave that there so it recovers. And then the other monies are going to be used for the sabbatical and you have clothing in there, you have some vacation, emergency, like emergency fund, all of that's in there. And then after the sabbatical, and I would use the sabbatical to think about what you want to do next uh -huh. and you know what you'll really like and look for a role where you can cover all of your monthly expenses with that new role. So rent, fixed expenses, savings, and discretionary. Okay. Yeah, that sounds like a really good plan. I feel like I've been staring at all my balances for a while and I had no idea what to do with, with all the money. Mm -hmm. I think it's smart. If you think about it, you're like splitting it up with yourself. You're saying, okay, this is for my future to make sure no matter what happens in the future, I have a good amount of money set aside. And the rest of it's for today. It gives me an emergency fund. It gives me an opportunity for a sabbatical, um, clothing trip. And even if you take that down a little, that's no big deal. As long as the key really is when you're done with the sabbatical, that you're, you know, you're able to really work and use that time to get you to your next level in your career, where you can have a role that will support you having, you know, rent 
fixed expenses, savings, and discretionary spending. Okay, yeah. And then do you think um, the 20K in the emergency fund is enough for an emergency fund? Yeah, for yeah, specifically for right now, when you're living with your mom, that's more than enough. Okay. So even if that came down to like 15, I wouldn't be phased. If you were renting an apartment, I would say that would be different. But with your current situation and with taking a sabbatical, if you, I think you're, that's plenty. Okay, that's good. Um, and then do you think I should, yeah. If there was an emergency and you were renting, you would move back with your mom? Yeah, probably. She'll, she would take me back in. Which, which is, yeah, I was going to say, as long <laughs> as she'll take you back in, then that's a nice safety net to have so you don't have to have as much cash. Because right now your fixed expenses are, you know, under 800 bucks. So that's plenty of money for the current situation. And the, the emergency fund will be dependent on expenses, right? So mm-hmm. that will adjust. And so right now you don't probably need to have 20 but in the future, especially if you go to buy something in five years, you will definitely need that. But that's why we have time with if there's a job change. So I'm not as, as worried about it. Okay, awesome. Because I was concerned that it was like way too much money there. But now I know I, I won't touch it. Yeah, but if you do, that's fine. If it went, if, tw- if the 20000 went down to twelve because you're like, I'm taking a sabbatical and I'm taking a vacation, that's totally fine. You can more than cover a year worth of your fixed expenses currently. And even if it went down to 12000 you would still have about six months, even if you had an apartment at that point, you know? Okay. That's that's really good to hear. That so, makes me at ease. Good. Yeah, I would use this time to, like, take the sabbatical, rethink what you want for the career. Because um, I think that the, increasing your work income will really be a game changer. Mm-hmm. Definitely. That, that would be really good. Amazing. Especially since you know there isn't a ton of upward mobility with your current role. I think that's even more important to like take some time away and figure out like, okay, where can I go where I like what I'm doing, but I could also potentially make more money. And even if you don't start the first year making more money, you could always leverage your savings at that point. And But as long as you know that you can get to the point where you're getting an income that could support having an apartment or a mortgage as well as the other spending. Okay. Yeah. I like how you thought about like all the possible scenarios. Yay. Well, is any other questions? Um, yes, I have. Okay. So I don't have a work sponsored um, 401k and mm-hmm. in my like journey to like learning about personal finance, um, I read about Roth IRAs. And I opened one with um, Schwab, but the only thing is that okay. I'm not supposed to have um, that account with Schwab because I don't pay federal taxes. So I have like $2,000 um, invested in, in a Schwab. I think it's a target date fund and I need to move those. Okay. And I don't know what the best course of action is to moving those. So you're not eligible for a Roth IRA. You can only you're only eligible, right? Because if you do a Roth IRA, you would have had to pay federal tax to be eligible to do a contribution, and you don't pay federal. Exactly. You don't pay U.S. federal tax, mm-hmm. correct? Not U.S. Okay. Yeah. But you you are not U.S. Okay. But you are eligible if your company sponsors a work retirement plan. You can put money in there. Yes, but then my company does not have any um, does retirement. Not have yeah. Okay. 
Okay. So then um, I would, what I would do is take that number that we said, the 70,000 that you were going to invest. And I would take the monies out of the Roth and put it and add it to that. So then you're actually investing 72,000 instead of 70. Since that was kind of like, that was in my mind found money because I didn't have that on your sheet. (laughs) Mm -hmm. Yeah, it's found money. Okay. That would be good. Um, Okay. Perfect. And then, and that's why like with this, when you're looking for the job, like that's another important consideration, not only the salary, but like do they have a work retirement plan and would you rather do that 284 to the work retirement plan versus, or maybe we split the difference. Maybe it's 150 to your work retirement plan, 150 to your other investments, right? Your other saving goals. So, okay. Yeah. So those are the two things when you're looking for a new job. Um, and how does it work with health insurance? Do you have health insurance through work? Um, I do. So they pay, I believe it's 25% of the health insurance and I pay the remaining, but the remaining it's about like, I think it's like $30 a month that comes um, from my paycheck. So in so my, yeah, your paycheck was net. Yeah. So in my sheet that was already subtracted from there. Okay, perfect. So yeah, that's what the new job. Here's what we want. We want to have a work retirement plan. We want to have continuation of payment for health insurance. It doesn't need to be a hundred percent, but so that, you know, they're paying. And then the higher income so that we can cover the rent, fixed expenses, savings, and discretionary. And even if you don't get that out of the gate, because sometimes it's hard, you just want to make sure you're on a track where they, you'll get to that in a, like a one to two year time frame. Okay. And then you mentioned that a good income would be around the 30 to 40K or 40K preferably. Yeah. 40. 40K prefer- uh, preferably because it depends on right what job you have, whether you, what taxes you're paying. Is that correct? Mm-hmm. Definitely. So right now I don't pay a lot in taxes because of my salary. Yeah. So I, here's what you, we have to, we want you to net at least 2,900. I think netting you 3,200 would be better, but are you, you don't pay federal income tax, but you do, do you pay, so, you do pay FECA tax, correct? You do pay social security and Medicare. Mm-hmm. That comes right? out of my paycheck too. Okay. But not federal, just FECA. I'm not Cause Yeah. You, sure. If you paid federal, you'd be eligible for, you'd be eligible for the raw. So I yeah, don't so believe Yeah, so probably not then. But yeah. And then like, is there any local tax in Puerto Rico? Yeah, there is a local tax. I don't remember how much it is, but I do know that I pay a local tax. And I do know that the Social Security is um, definitely has to do with the federal government. So I'm not sure why. Yes, no, no, no. Yeah. It, it's, it is the federal government. It Well, it's not really a tax. It's a contribution to Social Security and Medicare. Mm-hmm. And so your portion of it is 7.65%. And then in addition to that, like in the United States, you would also pay a federal tax in addition to the 7.65. Okay. Yeah. So, so definitely not, not the federal. Yeah. yeah. So you're paying 7.65, which is really just contributing to social security and Medicare. And then you'll also pay a Puerto Rican tax. I'm not sure what that is. So uh-huh. when you're coming up, so the number I'm giving you is a net number. So you will have to try and back into that. Um, Cause I'm not sure what I know you're paying the fee. So the 7.65 is abbreviated FICA. It's like the social security Medicare. So you are paying that. So let's say 3,200 would be my at least that Google. So that would work out to be 38,400 would be your net number. And then let me just see if I can figure out what Puerto Rico. You're really testing my knowledge here, Stacey. I, <laughs> this is the first time I've ever looked at this. And you're a resident, right, of yes. Puerto Rico. Okay, so let's, I could be off on this. I'm not a tax 
expert. We'll definitely need, you would definitely need to double check these numbers. Uh-huh. I think what you would want your income to be, let me just make sure. And I'm going to round up because I think it's always better to be higher than lower, right? Uh-huh. Zero, 41. I would say I would try and look for an income that's like 45,000. 45. Give or take. Okay. Could be a little up. Yeah. So it could go a little lower. It could go a little higher, obviously. I always like higher. But, and then I would just rerun the numbers before you accept the job. Uh-huh. I just don't have the your tax exactly figured out. But this is a, a little ways out. So this will be a, like at least a ballpark, right? It's like shoot for 45. So 45K. With opportunity to move up. Yeah, definitely. Yes, 45K. And then what would that be approximately um, monthly? I think you will be about 3,200. Okay. Uh, a little lower, probably about three, because you have to do FICA. Okay, so your FICA would be, let's just say 3,500. Your taxes will be, say, like 3,500. That's seven. So 45,000 minus 7,000 is 38,000. This is not including health insurance. And I. this is including Puerto Rico tax and FICA tax. And then divided by 12, it would be 3166. So yeah, 3100. Okay. For 45,000. And then if there was like health insurance coverage in there, maybe it would get you down to, yeah, it would be 3100. My taxes are a little off, it might be closer to 3000 or 2900, but it's all that's within the ballpark, the $45,000 range. Okay. Yeah, so that would be pretty good. Yeah. So it's a, it's a big step up, right? Your current income, right? You're at twenty eight thousand. So I'm asking you to take a, I'm asking you to take a pretty big jump. Mm-hmm. Okay, I'm asking you to take a very large jump. Well, I mean, it's it's very needed. I feel like it's been a long time coming. So okay, so it's not, it doesn't feel unreasonable. No, it no, it feels like this that you could like look and find something. Yeah, definitely. And if you can't get exactly to forty five, like any increase, right? We'll just move. We'll keep moving your way up. Yeah, we'll keep moving the needle until I get to that number. Yes, exactly. Yeah, because even like you could say, you know what, maybe I did my sabbatical, I traveled a bunch, I'm going to live with my mom for another year or two until I can get this salary that I'm targeting that I can comfortably live on my own with rent and everything and not touch my investments. Mm -hmm. That's fine too, right? You have a lot of flexibility, which is really, which which makes a lot of this easier because you're not beholden to having to have an apartment. I, I would do the sabbatical. I think the sabbatical would be really fun. And then I would see what kind of job you end up with. And if the job comes in at 38000 I don't know if I would stretch yourself to get the apartment that year. Maybe you give yourself one more year and see if you can get the salary from thirty eight to forty two, and then try it, you know? Okay. Yeah, no, that sounds um, doable. It's not overwhelming at all. Okay, perfect. So did I touch on everything? Did we did I get most of the questions answered? Yes, I have one last question. And it's okay. regarding the um, the car payment. Do you think I should just pay it off or just continue to pay it every month? Because I've been doing um, increasing payments like $100 a month every month because I'm dying to get rid of, of the debt. But I don't know if it's um, the smartest yeah. decision or not. What is your um, interest rate on the car? I think it's 5 point something percent. It's for sure 5 well, right now, so it's 5% on 14000 Right now, you're making more in interest on the Ally account. Okay. 
because 5% on the car loan interest at 14, you have $14,000, the car loan, and let's just say it's even at 6%, um, you're paying $840 in interest. And on your Ally account currently at 4.15, you're making $5,000, almost 5,400 in interest. Okay. So I don't think you need to. If you decide when you go to do the sabbatical, you have less things you want to worry about, that's fine. You could do it, but it's not going to, this is the, you have the money to pay it and the interest isn't, you're not losing money. You're making so much more money in the bank on your, cause you have so much sitting there. Okay. Yeah. So then I'll, I'll just leave them there. Yeah. I would, for the time being, I would just leave it alone. And then you could always rejigger it if you need to, depending like maybe on the sabbatical, you don't need the car and you get rid of it. I don't know. You know, mm-hmm. you're like, I'm going to travel for six months. I don't want to have a car payment. I'll just get rid of the car and deal with it when I get back. But yeah, for the time being, I would leave it as is. Okay. Awesome. I can do that. So your big homework really, if we were to round this all out is get the 70,000 invested. You can dollar cost average it and you can pick five investments. Now, remember we're looking for sound long term investments. We're not looking for anything crazy. Um, so basically you're not looking for anything very exciting. Okay. <laughs> you're looking for consistency. You'll get rid of the Roth monies because you're not eligible for that and put those in there. So that'll be 72000 invested. The remainder will stay in Ally, which is making high yield interest, which is fantastic. You will take a sabbatical, which sounds amazing. Very exciting. Um, and the money that you have at your marketing apartment. Yeah. So I think it's way more exciting than having an apartment, frankly. <laughs> yeah. So I would use the apartment money. If you need to dip into some of your emergency fund, that's fine. And then really, ultimately, the goal is whether sabbatical is six months or 12 months will depend on how and what you're doing for that time frame is when you come back, you're going to be looking for a position that you can earn, ideally, in my perfect world, around 45000 or a role that you can work your way up to that, um, because then that way you can cover rent, fixed expenses, discretionary and savings on your income. And then that way, we're leaving all the cash where it is and that investment alone. And then you can test out the budget on your income. And then from there, you'll probably be, hopefully you'll be back on before this. Mm-hmm. You'll just evaluate, say that, let's say that's year two or year three, and then year five, you're looking to see, instead of having rent, we're looking to replace rent with a mortgage. Okay. Sound good? It sounds pretty, pretty great. Like I, I can't believe, I feel like now everything is clear and making sense. Amazing. That's what I like to hear. Well, I would love to have you back on. I would specifically, I'd love to have you back on after the sabbatical, like when maybe you found a job and we can like talk it out. Yep. I would love that. Okay. Amazing. Well, go, I'm sure you have beautiful weather right now. So I hope you enjoy the beautiful weather. And for all of our lovely listeners, uh, this should be airing on Friday, uh, July 14th, which means I have two days left for you to vote for me on the Go Banking Rates uh, Top Money Expert or Top 100. What is it? 100 Most Influential Money Experts. And you can vote for your favorite expert, which I hope is me. And you can do that until July 16th. I would absolutely love to win and would super appreciate your support. Every vote makes a big difference. So please check that out. It's GoBankingRates.com. Save big on your Memorial Day barbecue, all in the Kroger app. Get half gallons of delicious Kroger milk for $1.29 each. Then get flavorful Tyson Natural Boneless Chicken Breasts for two forty nine dollars a pound, all with your card and a digital coupon. 
Shop these deals at your local Kroger today or tap the screen now to download the Kroger app to save big today. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Prices and product availability subject to change. Restrictions apply. See site for details.